Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Raoul. And uh, welcome to our podcast, Hope in a Mad World. So Ian, we've in a previous podcast, we've looked at, uh, uh, began to unpack the fruit of the spirit and, you know, what, what's right. there and so on. And one of the things you said over the years, I mean, my, my reasons for going there were fundamentally personal and selfish because I was having a tough time and I was struggling these out and I begin to find answers in that. So it was selfish. But as I began to talk about and share that, you began to say, well, this is really transformational for me. So what's been your experience of it? We talked a lot on the phone, little bits and pieces, I think. Yeah. You, and I was always intrigued by it. But I, it hadn't been transformational at that point, right? But when we went and we did that conference in Switzerland, yeah. the FIFES conference, and, you know, God had said to me, just invite these people to speak, the three people, and then, you know, you were one of them, and don't tell them what to speak on. And then you brought, you said, I'm going to speak on fruits. And I'm thinking, well, what's that got to do with fire, right? It's Initially, that was my initial thought. I'm just yeah. being honest, you know. But but what was, but but as you started speaking, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is, this is amazing because it, you know it tied in the fruits with the with the glory, the glory with the fire. You know, all, I, for me, all these things are going off in my head. But but also, um, you know, I, I'm wired for connectedness, really, to to connect dots. I think that that's the way my brain works. And f- suddenly, there's all these other connections coming for me. So um, so that that and that was just amazing for me. You know that that, that there, there there are these other other things that I've been working through and struggling with and trying to change and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And then suddenly there's, it's like a key. It's, it, that's where it was for me. It was like a key. So, so, you know, for instance, what, again, one of our previous podcasts recently, we, we talked about the ancient ways, right? Well, for me, part of that has been looking back at Celts and how they did that and, you know, the Celtic, kind of mission in, in England was probably the most successful missional um, uh, movement that yeah. that Britain and the North, North, North Europe, Northern Europe has seen, really. But it's not very well known because there weren't any big personalities in it, or at least it, not in the same way as like Whitfield and Wesley or those kinds of things. Because I know people are already thinking, well, what about Wesley and Wesley? What about the 94... Welsh Revival, you worry about all of those yeah. kinds of things, right? But one of the things that strikes me about the the Celtic way is they do evangelism in a totally different way to how we normally do. And again, this is probably something that we'll come back to. Okay, so I don't want to really outline all of that now, but just to give you the essence of it is that that part of that is that they go and live among, they minister to. They have conversations with, they um, help people in understanding, and then they start to help them to realize they're starting to follow Jesus and who Jesus is. But the main way in which that happens is them being with, living among. In other words, they are starting to be, you know, to use a big word, the incarnation of Jesus in the same way as Jesus was the incarnation of God upon the earth, right? So God didn't just send a message to earth about who he was. He came himself. And, you know, I love love that interpretation in one of the translations and pitched his tent among us. I I love that, you know, and that's really what, what the Celts did. But 
so when when you started talking about well the fruits and the nature and that's the glory and you know all of those things it said there are all these things popping in head going ah that's why it was so successful because they went and they became like Jesus to show who Jesus was to them yeah. right so you know just as Jesus said if if you see me you've seen the father we should be able to say if you see me and how I live you're seeing Jesus I know I know Jesus was the son of God and perfect in nature and all the rest of it so I'm not saying we are Jesus I'm not saying that but we should at least be like him we should be at least represented him right so for me suddenly that was the first, that was the first thing just pops on from a missional sense looking and going oh man that's amazing and it, again just to say it's not that you know because people might listen to the two podcasts might think well they they're not very good they're not very big on power evangelism well actually that's not true i mean because the celts did the, the yeah. same they, they'd go and they take on the druids and they go and perform miracles before the king, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not that, and you know, it, it's an incredibly supernatural move of the spirit when you read the things that happened. Um, so much so that some people, when you read the history, they go, oh, yeah, well, did that really happen? You know, or is that just a myth that's grown up? You know, it's all that kind of stuff because it it's very mystical and mysterious as well as very powerful and supernatural and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But um, so it's not that they they didn't do that. It's not that they're against that. But the thing that really, I think, gripped and changed culture and, you know, a lot of the, 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 the Celtic stuff is called the cradle of um, faith in the nation, right? This is like, this is where it was birthed from, you know? So when you see that, it's like, ah, oh, so the, all these little connections for me. So as we move into the world, what will affect the world the most? Well, as we are kind and gentle and, you know, loving and joyful and, you know, we should be the most joyful people on the earth. Shouldn't we? Absolutely. But sometimes, to be honest, the, the world sees the most miserable people because we're always against stuff, <laughs> right? And you know, so again, I, I, I even even when you were you were doing the the when we were doing the podcast when you were talking about fruit, and a little connection went off in my head, you know, because you started talking about peace, right? Yeah. And and you know, when Jesus sent the disciples, we kind of touched on this before, but but when Jesus sent out his disciples, he said, "If they receive you, leave them with your peace." Right? Well, he's saying, bless them. Bless them with what you have. Oh, man, that's, this is amazing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, so for me, it was like, wow. That, so that was the first thing. That was the first connection I think I made. The second con connection um, I, I made was on the whole area of discipleship. You know, there are two things, right? We, we're to help people come and meet Jesus, right? Yeah. And then we're to help them to be like him. Yes. That's what discipleship is, right? I think actually they can start to be more like him in the process of meeting him as well. You know, <laughs> that's, my that's my sense. But anyway, that's, a whole, that's another thing for another day. But um, so, so suddenly, I, you know, because when we think about discipleship, we think, well, what is discipleship? And and we say, oh, yeah, they must understand baptism and they need to understand the atonement and they need to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, you know, they need to 
understand these doctrines and these beliefs and the and I'm thinking as you were talking in in at the fire fest I'm thinking no we need to teach them to be like Jesus mm. so our discipleship should be really around how can they be more patient how do they develop joy how, how you know how do they really relate into that yeah. and how how do they get transformed from one degree of glory to another. That makes sense now, you see. As, as soon as you, you know, because, you know, I, I've read that verse for years and you thought for myself, yeah, but what does that mean from one degree of glory to another? It's like, actually, from one degree of patience to a better degree Very of patience good, yeah. to a more patient yeah, yeah. person, to a more loving person, to a, a more a gentle person, to a kinder person, right? So, you know, so for me, I think, you know, one of the areas I need from one degree of glory to another is like, you know, I become patient when I'm driving. I mean, yeah, anybody who's driven with me will know I really need yeah. to be transformed from one degree of glory to another in that area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very small transformation in that area for me, you know. But <laughs> progress. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's something around that. And then, you know, a lot of the other stuff that we've we we've kind of been digging into, you know, uh, Jessica, my wife's doing the, you know, the the practicing joy stuff, how do you build resilience in your faith? And, you know, and a lot of that is about how do we learn how to come from being joyless to joy or how do we come back to joy perhaps is a better way of putting it or you know, there's lots of different ways of expressing all of this but but um and so, so some of the things that she's been talking about i'm going oh that makes so much sense this is real discipleship this is getting us to that place right and she and it's like oh that's amazing and then and then you know as you start to dig into all of that it's you find that actually we are created for that. So as we practice gratitude, it releases chemicals in our brain to make us more joyful, to make us feel better. Yeah. Right? You know, for me, I wanna, you know, some people might think, oh, you know, that's you're, you're trying to use pro science. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm I'm not afraid of science. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like, no, this shows why God created us the way we created us. The spiritual realities and truths map really well with the physical exactly. discovered realities and truths. Exactly. Yeah. And and then I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, who's just come home from, uh, he's, he worked abroad for for many years. You know, and that kind of leaves you with some stuff. So he was just, he's just been working through and debriefing with a clinical psychologist. And they were talking about compassion and different stuff. And one of the things she said to him, she said, you know, when... You, um, when you act in a compassionate way, it releases something in your brain that makes you feel better. Right. Wow. And then she said, but when you receive compassion from someone, it does the same thing. Amazing. Right? And I'm going, wow. And then I'm thinking to myself, that makes so much sense. God created us in such a way that <laughs> when we, um, in such a way that, Things like we are physically wired to live in a compassionate and joyful and loving world. In other words, if those things are not happening, yeah, it's a miserable world. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and we don't feel great because God wired us because that's what He wants His world to be like. Totally right. So it's a reflection of heaven. In that sense, right? Heaven comes to earth when we do that. So every time that we 
use one of those fruits of the spirit <laughs> that we, you know, that, that we develop that more deeply and then we practice that and then we be that in the earth, it creates heaven on earth. So when people say, how do we bring heaven to earth? Be kind. So, and this, this one, it's, it's come my conviction that when love shows up, it doesn't show up without Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like he enters the room with it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. And when that kindness shows up, even if it's a little act of kindness, you help someone with a shopping bag, you just made their day a little better. Something yeah. just warm, just brushed yeah. past them. Yeah. And it's a person showed up. Yeah. And they're not going to meet him until they start seeing him in us, are they? Exactly. And even worse, if we're talking about how wonderful he is and, and then we're acting really grumply and selfishly. To, <laughs> I, I, I jokingly, um, you know, they, they talk about the spirit of Gog and Magog in yeah. Revelation, Revelation and elsewhere. Because uh, I can't find any explanation for those in the scripture. I've adopted one, which is Gog is the grumpy old git spirit. And Magog is the moody and grumpy old git spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and right. some, some days I'm a bit gog, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so I just have to remember that either we show up like that or we show up like Jesus. And it, it totally makes a difference. Um, w- one of the things you talk about, discipleship there, um, it's interesting. The discipleship we've done historically is tended to be focused on the outputs. The outputs of this are that we develop people of good character with good morals. Yeah. But I, th- I think this, the problem is you can't start with the outputs. Jesus said, My, you'll, they'll know him, um, you'll know them by their fruits. So you can't deal with the, You can't start with the fruits of a person. You've got to start with the them, the identity. If you soak your identity in his identity, in mm. his nature, you become transformed. And then the output mm. are the things that we would recognize as character and good yeah. morals. Yeah. But the input... You you can't change someone by getting them to just try and change transform their character yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that. There's got to be a transformation of their nature. Yeah. And how the Bible? What does the Bible say about it? it? Says we are changed when we behold Him. Right. Okay. And we are changed from glory to glory. So you know the, the Bible actually gives us a different approach for discipleship for transformation of the human. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Uh, as we behold him, we are transformed one degree of glory to another. As that peace established in our hearts, grumpiness and anxiety go. As love is established, fear goes. As joy is established, depression goes. Gentleness and kindness begin to flow and we become more faithful and patient people. And and, and then the product is morality. But I don't think God is a moral God. I think he's a glorious God. Do Here we go again. <laughs> but no, but no. Don't turn off. Yeah. Let's hang in with us. Yeah. Of, of, of course he's moral. Yeah, but he's moral because he's glorious. And we try to be moral, you know, to, to, to live by a code. And you, we can't do it. We know it's death. We, we always fail. So um, also, it's, you know, for those who are kind of listening to us and just beginning to ponder it, I want to throw this in there as well. As I, as I studied that through the scripture, I realized that the, notion of you know beholding and goodness and glory go together f- right from the beginning of genesis right to the end of revelation so i'll, I'll give you um, just just a, a quick skirt on that one when god created he said he he looked and he saw that it was good right. so he beholds goodness 
one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may behold, uh, wait on you in your temple and be- behold your glory. Um, so I will see you. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. As we behold him, we are transformed from one glory of degree to another. John uh, says, I, 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 you know, he, he beholds Jesus, and he's actually transformed by that. So, so it, it's right there through Scripture about beholding uh, and goodness and glory. We'll see the goodness of God. We'll see His glory. In other words, His glory, which is, which is why the presence thing is only part of it. Glory is something we behold. We beheld His glory. Right. What I'm saying is that's how you disciple yourself. Yeah. If you want to, if you want transformation in your life. Let the love and also, do you know? It, Sorry, finish that. Let the let, let it, the. If you're an, anxious about the world that's changing around us, okay, you need peace. So these love, joy, peace. It's the same, it's the same yeah. for each dimension yeah. of them. But you'll need peace. How do you get peace into your life? The first thing is you realize the fundamental, supreme reality over my life is this: is that God is peace. You know, He yeah. is a peaceful person. And above your bank account, above your job circumstances, above your health, above your relationships, above what's going on in politics in the world, whether you're terrified by Brexit, Trump, uh, uh, inflation, whatever, whatever the, the challenges you're looking at, you know, war in Ukraine and so on. He is peace. He's the God of peace. And if you focus on that and behold that, then that peace begins, because that's the ultimate supreme mm. reality. When all is said and done, He's a peaceful God. He's utterly in, in a peaceful place right now. When that changes you, that calms you down right. and calms your world down around you. So, Because you've beheld him. That, yeah. And then the output of your life is that you won't be an anxious, fearful person mm. wounding and sinning against people around you. And the, the, it'll be a character and a moral transformation as an output. Uh, and <laughs> they will know you are my disciples by your love. <laughs> so... I think it makes that whole thing much more, um, what's the word, productive and, and, and works. Wow. Uh, just another thing you picked up on was compassion. Um, uh, compassion means to suffer with, and this is part of God's nature showing up for. Um, j- just looking through scripture on that, and you realize, what is it? He suffers with. Just stop and think about that. To, to have compassion on someone is to suffer with, with them. It's not right. to have pity, no, right. which is to stand at a distance and say that's a really unfortunate thing. It's not even to have empathy, which is to think, oh, good gosh, I can feel that. Compassion is you step into it and you suffer with. Right. Like it's, it's, your fa- it's like your family. If someone in your family is hurting, you all hurt together. Hmm. Whereas if it's someone on TV, I can have pity and if, or if it's someone that is in a situation where I've been before, I, I may I may empathise, but I'm still removed from it. When I have compassion, I'm immersed in it. I'm part of. I suffer with. with it. Right. And there's this verse in um, Isaiah 63. It says, "With the suffering they suffered, talking about Israel in Egypt, says he also suffered." And what that tell, says is tells me is that whatever suffering any of us have been through in our lives, whatever suffering we may go through, it has been fully felt in heaven. We're not suffering on our own, no, right? Yeah. Because He is with us and for us, and that is a transformational right 
Excellent. Excellent. That's wonderful. Wow. And yeah, you know, that whole issue of beholding his glory is so important, right? That that's that's why he came. That's why he incarnated amongst us. That's why he lived, dwelt, pitched his tent, right? That's yeah. that's part of it. But I, I think then in, in Romans we get an even uh even more of a of a an insight into that. Well, how do we therefore do that? How do we become more patient, more all of those kinds of things? And I think part of the problem is is that so often in our discipleship, what we are doing is that we are teaching people um, to conform to a set of behaviors and a set of beliefs, rather than to say, let's be transformed into the nature of God. Right. So in Romans 12, it, I mean, it, I, I, this is, <laughs> I live here so often, you know, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is is good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, there's so much in this, right? Firstly, um, why? (laughs) It's in light of his mercy, you know, so in light of his goodness to you, in light of him not giving you what you deserve. You know, that, (laughs) and in that light, do not conform. And, you know, I think when it says conform to the world, we're often thinking about, you know, therefore do not get drunk. No, no, no. Do not just change your behaviors. Do not just change your beliefs, but allow them to transform you. So in other words, you need transformation. How do we get transformation? By the renewing of our mind. So in other words, by repentance, actually, right? Mm -hmm. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of paradigm. And so often we we don't do that. That that isn't how we do discipleship. That is, you know, normally it's like, well, you know, and we're we're happy because so and so's not smoking anymore. Yeah. Right? Now my question is, why is he not smoking anymore? No, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's it's like there's there's a question beyond the first question. Yes. And the first observation. Um, you know, so and that's I think why lots of Christians become miserable because they end up trying and having to work to keep their salvation that they would never see it like that but that's so often how it is because they they haven't allowed a transformation by the renewing of their minds in other words they've had revelation right they need to confess that move to um repentance mm-hmm. that changes our behavior but so often what we do is we have revelation and we change our behavior no, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't work. No. <laughs> you know, that that's that's works. Mm. We have to go through the repentance stage of the transforming of our minds, the renewing of our minds for transformation that then transforms the whole way in which we live. Therefore, we can be joyful in it. We can be peaceful in it. Yeah. We can be loving in it. We can be patient in it because we're transformed. We can't go back to that. Right. So I just, I love that. You know, it's it's so those are a lot of the connections that kind of came in terms of that. Um yeah. in terms of that whole aspect. 
Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I, I think in terms of, yeah, if, if we boil that repentance down to the, the simplest yeah. Yeah. Um, essence, yeah. which is a change of mind, a change yeah. of mind. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's my view that most believers are not yet persuaded that God's good. We only follow him insofar as we only expose ourselves and our lives to him insofar as we believe he's good. And there's got to come a conviction in the bride of Christ throughout the whole earth that he is good. I mean, he is good. And someone who's been really helpful on this was um, Graham Cook. I just listened to a lot. He's done a lot on the fruit as well. One of the things he said, which is really helpful, was um, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. That means we have a new nature and that God has placed us into Christ. Therefore, your nature is naturally now to be loving, joyful and peaceful. Right. So you start not from a negative position, but you start from... Positive position. Uh, yeah. yeah. My nature is a loving... Yeah. I just need to get over some bad habits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Just to say, but my nature is, is good because I'm, I'm a new creation, which I think is a really... Um, emboldening and it's part of that is it's a really helpful foundation for, for that kind of repentance and changing of the mind but also i think part of it is that we think we have to change our mind but we can't change our mind transformation comes by god changing our mind and god renewing our mind in other words that you know when we go to repentance yeah one of my oft prayed prayers right is um lord you need to change my mind here because I can't. Wow. Yeah. Unless you change my mind, I can't have this new behavior. Right. I will fail in it unless you do something very supernatural within me. Yeah. Right. And that that is just a, on the one hand, it's a very liberating thing. On the other hand, it's a very frustrating thing sometimes because, you know, you're, because you have to cooperate with that process. Obviously, I'm not saying that suddenly, suddenly, it all changes and, you know, no, no. God then starts to give you steps to be able to change your mind and yeah. the way you behave. Yeah. You know, so so it's like, but but this comes back, Raul, to some things that we, and we've said this so many times on these podcasts already. People are going to be fed up yeah. of it already. This is not a message. Yeah. This is not a set of beliefs. Yeah. This is an interaction with a person, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what it is. That it's, it's, it's interaction with the persons of the Trinity. That's yeah. what it is. Very good. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, you know, so we can't. That's why we can't change our mind because it's that interaction with that. So, <laughs> really good. One of, one of the things you picked up on um, uh, earlier, just talking about how how you found this transformation was in in terms of mission. Mm. One of the things I love just about the nature of God and the fruit of the Spirit is this: is is that it's universal. <laughs> and you can talk to anybody in any culture, in any religion, of any political persuasion, and there's a hunger for it, isn't it? It's interesting how we're all talking these days about kindness. It's interesting the language of kindness. Actually, let me put it, the language of the fruit of the Spirit has crept into yeah. modern culture. I know some people are very cynical and pessimistic about the trends in culture, but... I think actually, if you stand back and look at big, big trends, 
things we used to think were of potentially negative sources, I actually I begin to wonder now. Yeah. If the Beatles write a song, All You Need Is Love, well, that's different to All You Need Is Slaughter. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just to contrast, yeah. I mean, All You Need Is War. You know, love suddenly becomes the language. You know, of course, it's in the late 60s and early 70s, it's very messy and it's very you know, yeah. distorted and whatever else, but it's on the table. It's become part of the agenda and it begins to be what we work with. And then in the language recently in politics, the word kindness comes out. And people go, we want kind people and you're not kind. So you've got to, okay, it's all harsh and all nasty, whatever else. <laughs> you know, but kindness is on the agenda. Yeah. Peace has been on the agenda for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, since the end of the Second World yeah. War. So we've got peace in, in the public discourse. We've got love in the public discourse. We've got kindness in the public discourse. I think as time goes forward, because of my conviction, people can disagree, but also of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I think he's working through the whole of culture to manifest the nature of Jesus. I think it's something going on. And it's, I think it's really interesting you should say that one, actually, because, uh, because I've been... This week, I I I don't know why I I started when I went to I went to London last week, and within about hundred yards, I saw the same thing said on blackboards and different things, and it was this: it was um, you can be anything you want to be today, so choose to be kind. Very good, right? It's really interesting. So so having done that, I thought I wonder how many times I would see that in like a week. So what we're on, uh, we're Sunday night, uh, right at the moment, right? So we're doing this on a Sunday night. Just so you all know, we're doing this on a Sunday night. Uh, so far, I've ca- I counted twenty two times I've seen that same phrase. Wow, wow. So, <laughs> so that I just think that's interesting, isn't it? That a whole there's that whole aspect. It's going so on. easy to become so dispirited and discouraged yeah. by some of these trends yeah. out there, yeah. but we also need to recognise yeah. that God's doing. Very big. I think. I think if you've got eyes to see yeah. it, yeah. And it. I, mean, the, I think the language we've got to use is not. Is this salvation quality? You know, or is it, does it cross the mark or whatever else? I, I think no. It's, we need to come and look at these things and say, what is God doing? Where is He showing up? How is He working? So again, with fruit of the spirit, um, someone may be just abs- out of whack with God, but there's a kindness in them or a gentleness in them or a compassion or something and you can talk to a person like that and say do you know what god really loves that about you because that's who he is yeah and you've just connected that person with god <laughs> it's it's you know and that will be it'll play in their heart and yeah. spirit and mind and you've actually built them up and reaffirmed and just yeah. pushed give them a good nudge in a good direction and yeah you know my experience of that is really interesting is that whenever you do that nine times out of ten people will say no 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 that can't be true because i'm not good enough for that so, you know, people have an innate sense of they fall short of the glory of God, right? So it's, yeah. so it's really interesting. But, you know, we can help them to reconnect with that, yeah. with that image that God has made within them. And I, that's just, for me, that's, a, that's such a, a wonderful thing. And, and it's, it's, you know, there's that verse, isn't it, that says, um, by the comfort you are comforted with, you can comfort others, yeah. right? Or something like that. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself that as people encounter kindness as they encounter gentleness as they encounter patience you know as they encounter love as they encounter joy it somehow starts to change them you know because they are interacting 
with the nature of God at that point. Is it, are you, yeah, exactly. What you said about ten minutes yeah. ago. It's the same thing. Something begins to rewire in yeah. in them, and uh, different chemicals get released in yeah. them. And and uh, and people talk about this thing. You pay it forward. Yeah. It's 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 something that has a, a multiplicatory effect yeah. rather than a cost yeah. that carries. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that really profound yeah. and interesting? And I think we could start a whole new movement. You know, perhaps this podcast could, in the sense of that paying forward thing, because you know, often paying forward is a monetary thing or a or a, a gift thing, right? You somebody, well, how about if we pay forward those fruits of the spirit that we encounter every day? That's really interesting. So somebody hits is kind to us, so we think actually. I must pay that forward. Very so good. I'm yeah. kind to somebody, or I'm patient. You know, somebody's patient with me in the traffic queue because yeah, that's yeah. you know what, as we already know, that's one of my problems, right? So, so somebody lets me in. So now I have to pay forward that. Well, as you, as you said, as you sow, you reap. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. actually, you know, to him who has more, he'll receive more. But um, yeah. there, there's a lot of good stuff around it. Just one last comment on this the whole fruit thing. Uh, I was talking about the big trends and the prophetic. There is a s- scriptures that say say that uh, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. That means they know His glory as the waters cover the sea. Now, waters covering the sea is language about peoples mm. prophetically, you know. But so, as peoples cover the earth. They will know as the earth will be filled. What does it say? This is the intention of God is to fill humanity with the knowledge of his goodness. Whatever we're busy doing, he, that's what he's on. That's the project God. Yeah. When Jesus came, he's the creator, as John says, at the beginning of John 1. He's the word and the creator, and he comes to put creation right, to put it back into order. And where does where does he where is he heading with all this? He's the purpose of his end point is to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea, which is kind of what it would have been like had Adam not fallen and he had been the image of God, born the properly born the image of God. Well, humanity will bear the image of God, and everybody will know about goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, fantastic. patience, self control, compassion, yeah, love, joy, peace. What a place to finish. What a place. <laughs> So, Raoul, what are you into this week? Ian, this week, well, I'm into this week as I've been into it, and it's a long, long-standing passion of mine, is the all-day breakfast. Oh, yeah. Bring it on, bud. But we've had some some high moments in, in the recent week or so, so it's it's something that's foremost in my mind right now. Um, I, was, I was in uh, Northern Ireland briefly with friends, and we went to a Weatherspoons and we had the Ulster fried breakfast Ooh. in Belfast. And do you know what? It was, even though it's Weatherspoons and, and whatever else, they just nailed it. And w- one of the key differences in that is you get potato bread. Ooh. Now, as an Englishman, that was like, you know, mm-hmm. is it not potato? Is it not bread? Was it? But it was fried and it was just divine. So, Really stacked up that plate, and it was a fantastic experience. And then came back to see you, and then of course um, we went off to the hardware cafe a couple of days ago. And the, the, what I love about this cafe is it's not run by you know like 
people who are long-standing British or whatever else, you know, I think they're Eastern European people, but they've taken the English breakfast to heart, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And they served up a, a corker on a wonderful clean plate. It wasn't greasy spoon. So a- absolutely fantastic. Three pieces of um, hash brown and three pieces of black pudding, loads of beans, bacon and tomato and mushrooms and all the good things, eggs. and So, yeah, um, it's kind of inspired an idea maybe we'll come back to about – you know, sampling English breakfasts or, or no, sampling fried all day breakfasts in four different countries or nations of Britain. Yeah. Maybe start at Belfast, have a breakfast, go off to Scotland, have one there, England one there, and finish off in Wales or, or something like that. What do you reckon, Ian? I think that's a great idea, and I'm feeling hungry now. <laughs> so, so let's finish this and go get some yeah. breakfast. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that you, Lord, speaking? I think it could be. <laughs> Ridiculous you are, like it, eh? Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?